What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. I'm here with Kathy Anoon, the CEO and founder of Dandelion, a geothermal startup. Um, today, we're going to be talking all about the future of energy. Thanks for coming in, Kathy. Really excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. So you are uh, the CEO and founder of Dandelion, which is a geothermal company. Maybe before we get too into like what geothermal is, because I know it's a new technology that even before researching this episode, I barely knew anything about. Um, you could tell us like what your background is and how you got interested in just the renewable energy space in general. Of course, yeah. So, you know, I academically studied civil engineering and computer science and then found myself working as a product manager at Google X um, Alphabet's R&D lab. And, you know, our mandate there was finding moonshots, as they were called. So what are huge business opportunities that have the potential to really make great change, great positive change in society? And so energy is just... Um, as you know, as well as anyone else, like given given your interest, this massive opportunity to create business where we really need uh, positive change compared to what we're doing today. And so for years, my job was to look for those opportunities and Dandelion really grew out of that work. Awesome. That seems like the coolest job in the world to work for Google <laughs> X deciding what new moonshots would be like. That's a dream job. That's it like was. up there. No, I agree. I felt really lucky to have that job. And so I'm curious what the process of that, like going through a moonshot from an idea to validating it, and then what was different about Dandelion that sort of like made you stick with it and want to go all the way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you can imagine, there are so many ideas that seem great before you know too much, and then you start learning and you pretty quickly run into the um, the constraints or the obstacles or, you know, that gotcha where it's like, okay, yeah, but that thing will be really hard to figure out. And so a lot of ideas, it doesn't really take that long to figure out, like, what the, the hard part will be. And, you know, often it's probably not not going to move forward. But at X, um, that, was, that was the approach was, like, find as quickly as possible – the reason that the idea won't work, hmm. basically. Um, and with Dandelion, it was like as hard as we looked for that fundamental reason. Why aren't buildings being heated and cooled with geothermal? Why hasn't that technology taken off? Of course, there are a lot of reasons for that, but none of them were fundamental. They were all sort of circumstantial or, you know, the way that... Um, the business and industry was structured or, you know, technologies that exist today that hadn't been available in the past, just like hadn't been taken advantage of in the industry. So it's kind of exactly what you're looking for in that position, because um, the further we went, the more convinced we became, yeah, this is a giant opportunity. Really cool. And so maybe taking a step back, you could tell us what geothermal energy is to start, because... Um, I know it has something to do with getting energy from the earth, but other yeah. than that, or like I really have no idea. So like, what is it? How do you actually get the electricity all the way from, you know, like way down there at the earth to actually my house where I can use it? So you're not taking any electricity from the earth. So the way, so the way that geothermal heat pumps work is you're actually using electricity from the grid to collect gotcha. thermal okay. energy from the ground and bring it into your house. So one way to think about this is, Think about how an air conditioner works. So an air conditioner is a type of heat pump, and what it's doing is it's using electricity to move heat from your house into the outside air. But the moments when you really want to do that 
are the moments when it's hardest to do that. So when the air is 90 degrees, very hard to reject heat into 90 degree air, which is why um, the uh, you know demand peaks on the grid on the hot summer days because you have yeah. all these air conditioners running really inefficiently because it's really hot out. With geothermal, uh, in that situation, you would be rejecting heat from the house into the 50 degree ground, which is actually very easy to do. So you can begin to understand how um, having that thermal connection to the ground is a huge advantage because you're never needing to overcome a large temperature gradient when you're heating or cooling. So the, um, the electricity that you use to run the system, you're actually using it to move many times more heat into the home or out of the home than you would get if you were just using that electricity directly. Gotcha. Makes sense. And so you're basically you're leveraging like the Earth's core temperature and like you're on the fringe. And if you're too hot, you want to normalize to the Earth's temperature. And if you're too cold, you want to normalize. Not quite. So let me try again, just because these this is good, because these are the same questions that people have who are watching. But um, yeah, so maybe I shouldn't have brought up the, the the confusing thing about geothermal again is be, is that it's an overloaded term. It's right, used right? and I'm like, also confused because it's like, okay, so is this a renewable energy solution that take that requires mm-hmm. energy? Yeah, right. Yeah, so um, it yes, it is. So okay, so the energy that you're you, that you're harnessing with geothermal heat pumps in the home, it's actually not from the Earth's core at all. It's just like sun warmth from the sun has soaked into the Earth, and okay. the Earth just like doesn't change temperature quickly. So over the course of a year, it's always roughly 50 degrees when you go six feet or below. Um, And so what a geothermal heat pump does, you can think of it as using electricity to pump heat from the ground into your house in the winter or from your house into the ground in the summer. And a common question would be, well, I want my house to be more than 50 degrees in the winter. Yeah, obviously, definitely. Right? And so it's important to understand that the geothermal heat pump doesn't just, like, equalize the temperature of the house to the ground. It's actually moving heat from the ground, concentrating it, and circulating it throughout your house. So you, you control the heat in your house with a thermostat, just like you would do for any other heating system. And the reason it's renewable is that while you are using electricity... For one unit of electricity you use to run your system, you're moving four units of renewable geothermal energy from the earth into your home. So you're able to just like multiply many times over the energy in your home um, without using that much electricity at all. So it's, it's you're electrifying heating. And similarly to how an electric vehicle is, you know, a great renewable product, even though um, you still have to charge it with electricity. It's yeah. just like you're replacing a combustion product with a renewable electric product. So it's you're, you're sort of getting more like bang for your buck in that your your electricity is going further with this geothermal mm-hmm. system. Okay. Yeah, you're really. I mean, four times further, five times further. Like they're so high efficiency that. Uh, the majority of energy that's being used is renewable. You do run the system, though, with electricity. Cool. And so let's talk about Dandelion and the actual product you have, because you're selling a system um, like the system that 
this geothermal system to consumers residentially. So I'm curious, like, I looked on your website, it sort of like kind of looks like a really fancy modern refrigerator in some ways mm-hmm. or like, like, so what is the actual product that you're selling? Like how much does it cost and, and what's the go-to-market strategy here? Absolutely. So we really just sell the whole system and installation of a geothermal heating and cooling and hot water system to the homeowner. So, you know, one of the insights uh, behind the company is that geothermal as a technology has existed for decades. It's not new. What's new is being able to get it at a cost-effective price and having it be simple. Um, So in the past, it's really been, you know, limited to people with a lot of money or a lot of time to manage subcontractors and do a ton of research and just sort of like kind of what you would imagine the solar industry was like 20 years ago. Um, And so... Customers who sign up for Dandelion, we take care of the full process. So we, um, you know, design the right system for the home and then install it, which involves putting ground loops in the yard and then putting the heat pump in the home. And the heat pump just goes where the furnace used to be. So you take out the furnace, put the heat pump in its place, attach it to the same distribution system in the home. And um, we offer, similar to solar as well, we offer two ways of paying for the system. So one way is pay as you save. So, you know, a lot of our homeowners are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on heating fuels over the course of the winter. And so they can actually switch to geothermal, pay nothing up front, and then immediately begin saving money from day one and have a positive cash flow. So it's it's like, why, wow. why wouldn't you do that, right? Yeah, that's crazy. And you get central air conditioning, which a lot of these homes don't have. So you get this um, more luxurious, convenient system, and you're saving money. Some people just prefer to own the system. Um, so we do offer it up front as well for those who prefer to pay for it that way. And the upfront price tends to be around 18500 So when you think okay. about like a typical furnace install or furnace plus AC, it can be in the $15,000 range anyway. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is like a little bit more upfront, but the payback is very, very fast. And does that in- include tax incentives? Because I know there's yeah. a huge tax incentive. Yeah, it's an amazing time for the industry. So right now there's... A 30%, the ITC, 30% federal tax incentive. There's around a $6,000 state incentive in New York, and the utilities are rolling out incentives. So, Dandelion, for example, just announced an incentive in partnership with Con Edison worth $5,000. So, you like, wow, like on top of it. Yeah. So, wow, it's like really these cool. homeowners, I mean, and, and there's like a weird incentive because Con Edison is the electricity provider for New York State. So by getting people to switch to geothermal, they're electrifying another piece of the home and growing their own business. So the incentives are aligned for yes. these huge utility companies to actually push for geothermal systems. That's right. I mean, beneficial electrification, luckily, is in the utility's best interest and in society's best interest. And we're seeing that with geothermal where the utilities are all for it. And it's great to have them as allies because obviously they have, you know, they have a lot of influence. Yeah. And, and, and so the first market you're attacking is upstate New York, I believe, or around New York where it's I, I want you to explain this. But it seems like when I was looking into it, I was blown away where like people it seems like are using diesel to heat their homes mm-hmm. or like fossil fuels. And they're actually like driving and importing them in. Is yeah. that right? And so yeah. that seems like crazy and super inefficient and obviously like not the future we want to live in. So how did you find that market? Is that unique? Sort of this strategy to replace all of these homes in New York. It seems like a huge business opportunity mm-hmm. alone, right? 
It is. I mean, yes, the reason we decided to start the company in New York is because in the Northeast in general, fuel oil, which is just another name for diesel, as you've said, is such a common way to heat homes. Uh, it's trucked in. The homes have a big tank of oil in their basement, and um, they combust it in the house for heating. And I think that soon enough, that will f- you'll hear that, and you'll think, really? In yeah. 2019, <laughs> that was common? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, people used to burn coal in their homes for heating, and when we hear that today, it feels crazy but it was just the way it was done and this is the state of heating today a lot of people use diesel so and so how many homes is that yeah it's about um seven million single family homes throughout the northeast heat in this way wow and, and that's that's like seven million i just on this point it's like that's like seven million twenty thousand dollar system like opportunity yeah and you know the 18500 that is after all these incentives so the revenue that dandelion gets just to put this in perspective, if Dandelion, um, if Dandelion installs systems at 0.7%, so 0.7% of the Northeast fuel oil market alone, okay. mm-hmm. uh, we will be over a $500 million revenue business per year. Wow. And to, to play devil's advocate, though, how, how much of this business is reliant on tax credits? And I guess the second layer to that question is like, what I really am curious about Dandelion is like, what's the pace of innovation here? There must be something that keeps improving or like some unlock the way mm-hmm. you're doing geothe- geothermal differently that's going to bring the cost down. Yeah. Because I'm assuming that's the reason it's not everywhere now. Yep. So I'm curious, like, how close are we to this being economical without tax incentives? And like, how fat, like, what is the, what piece of the technology is changing to keep making it more affordable and better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And of course, it's a question that is so central to our plans for the future as well because we need the business to be wildly successful without the tax credits too. Um, So I would say that, you know, our first thing that we did, our first innovation to bring the cost down was we partnered with a manufacturer actually based in Oklahoma and we created a heat pump. So a, a dandelion, it's called the Dandelion Air Geothermal Heat Pump. We designed it to be um, a connected device, so it has, you know, almost 100 sensors embedded within it that give great data on the performance of the heat pump, which is very unique in um, heating and cooling systems. Like, most of them do not have monitoring, and you don't actually know how well they're working, and we want to change that and bring more transparency to how how well these systems are actually working. So we made that product. It is um, just we designed it in a way to be much more cost-effective for a typical homeowner. So instead of building this like very bespoke luxury product for the highest end of the market, um, we really approached the problem as how can we build a mainstream product that just works well for people who want to switch off of, you know, fossil fuels. So we started with that, which allowed us to come to market with a price point that saved people money compared to what they were paying today. We're following that effort with a lot of innovation on drilling. So to put those ground loops in the yard, you really need to, um, you know, like insert them vertically. 
under yeah, the Yeah, it seems like a huge operation, <laughs> right? Because that's like really what the product is to me, or it seems like a huge part of yeah. it. It's like literally like this super long tube that goes exactly. 500 feet in the ground. It's like, like that is clearly the thing that's the most different from any other heating system you're going to get, right? Yeah. So it's a... It's an area where there's so much room for innovation because no one has really invested that much in, in putting those loops in in a very, you know, obviously non-disruptive way to the homeowner that, um, you know, our goals are let's make our equipment small so it fits. In, and, you know, even if you have a small yard, you, it's not a constraint. Let's make it clean so that we're not leaving a mess and let's make it fast and inexpensive so that we can, you know, save money for the homeowner. And so that's a huge focus for this year and will, you know, allow us to continue to use technology innovation to bring the cost down. And then layered on top of those product uh, innovations, we're just, um, you know, using a lot of the lessons learned from the solar industry and just from other businesses that have to do operations at scale to create a team of installers that's very efficient and standardized so we're able to really like leverage those economies of scale in a way that hasn't been done at all in this industry to date cool so it sounds like a combination of like a lot of like tech improvements but also just process improvements of like the the real like the physical installation that's right yeah. And, and so, but back to the question of like, when is this feasible without tax credits? Are we five years away from that? Like if the tax credit went away tomorrow, do you think you would have any customers because people would want to just be green so they, they would still do it? Or like, I'm just curious, like how close are we to that sort of inflection point? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that, you know, with we could survive without the tax credit, especially in Northeast heating oil. There's so many things about our product that are just better as a product experience. And heating oil is frankly just so expensive that um, that it would be fine. What Dandelion's oh. vision is, though, like we can't stop at heating oil, right? Like we have so many emissions coming from the natural gas networks that we have throughout this country. We just need to electrify heating. And so I think um, what the tax credits really allow us to do is to achieve that scale and that pace of innovation and invest as much as we want to invest in the tech R&D so that we can begin to expand beyond Northeast fuel oil and tackle the full problem. And yeah, and I want to build on that, the vision of Dandelion. So, you know, and, and this idea of the, the smart home of the future and like how do we get off the grid and really remove carbon from the equation or fossil fuels. So, you know, what does the smart home of the future look like to you? Like, is it, we have electric vehicles, obviously I'm biased yeah. with that, but, you know, like a Tesla Powerwall battery, which stores from the solar panels, which I guess then could power your mm -hmm. dandelion system. Is that kind of how you see this evolving? Is like geothermal, is residential geothermal, I guess, like really going to go mainstream or I don't yeah. know, I'm kind of curious how that fits in. I think it, it will, because when you think about it, without that piece of the puzzle, let's say that you get the Tesla Powerwall and the electric car and the solar panels. I mean, most homeowners don't use electricity for heating. So you're still using fuel oil or propane or natural gas. And today there's no, like, what will you do, right? Especially if you live in a really cold place. So, um, yeah, you add geothermal to that mix and all of a sudden you can use your solar panels to run your geothermal system. You can use your battery to govern the supply and demand of your house. And if you have an electric car, all the better. 
You know, one advantage beyond the individual home of that setup is that the factors driving inefficiency on the grid today are peaks, right? Um, yeah. Peak days. And those tend to be weather correlated. Because like the AC in the, the summer. The AC in the summer, exactly. And what geothermal uniquely does is it um, brings down that peak because it's so much more efficient than an air conditioner. So all of the sudden, the whole grid is operating more efficiently and it's easier to make the grid itself more renewable because when you look at like where are the dirtiest power plants being used, it's to satisfy those peak days. So it's a nice, it's like one of the things I love about geothermal and about the the, the mission is just, yes, it's great for the individual homeowner and yes, we need to clean up the millions of point source emissions. But a side effect is that literally it's easier to green the entire grid. Wow. So do you think every home or like every new home that's being built should have a system like this? Or is there, ge- I'm, I'm curious if there's geographic, maybe this is a dumb question, but like solar, you know, yeah. it really depends on where you are. Is geothermal, yeah. does that just not it's matter? It's not a dumb question at all. I think the way to think about it is the true advantage of geothermal is that the ground is always 50 degrees. So if you live in a place where the air is like always around 50 degrees or, you know, somewhere near there, it doesn't get extremely hot or cold then you can use an air source heat pump because the advantage you would get from connecting to the ground isn't going to be as uh, as high as it would be in the Northeast or the Midwest or places that get hot or cold. So I think everywhere will adopt heat pumps and whether they adopt geothermal or air source will just depend on how mild is the weather in that location. I'm curious if you looked into Tesla's patented HVAC system at all, because they, with the Model 3, like, came up with this really new sort of patented HVAC system where you can, like, point where the air goes in any direction. And then Elon Musk was on Joe Rogan's podcast, hinted that they might go into, like, some sort of air conditioning product. I don't know if it was a joke, but I'm curious if you have, like, any comments (laughs) or thoughts on that. I hadn't heard that. Um, I mean, I think it speaks to the importance of solving this problem, right? Because Elon Musk certainly has many admirable things about him, but he um, he's very aware of just like how are his products uh, in his businesses stacking to address the climate problem. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it makes sense that he would be thinking about HVAC because it just is this huge piece of the puzzle that's relatively unaddressed by companies today. Yeah, and it's like when I, when I think about the Tesla store, and how we can educate people about this carbon-free future. It seems like Dandelion has like the perfect place in that store. Mm-hmm. You want to get your power wall. You want to get your solar panels. But there's still, like you're saying, that huge missing link of like how do we heat and cool without fossil fuels. If Tesla is going to be the all-in-one solution of a smart home, like they need this piece of the puzzle. Or whoever, even if it's not Tesla that's telling you this, yeah. whatever company it is, they'll, they'll need that. So I think that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's definitely needed. Yeah, I agree. And so are there any other, are we missing any other pieces of the smart home that are not, that are reliant on fossil fuels if you have your geothermal system your solar and your batteries is that it or it would cover you know 95 plus percent it would get you maybe you yeah i think like of course there will always be the people who love to cook with gas or people who want the gas fireplace and and so then but it's like such a if we're in that world where like that's it that would be an amazing place to be and we'll be fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's like a best case scenario. Yeah. But um, yeah, those are the major 
buckets. So if we can address um, home heating and cooling, other electric appliances and cars, we'll have basically gotten all the way there. Really cool. Yeah, honestly, from this conversation, for some reason I thought this was more like in competition with solar panels and batteries, but it's really just super complimentary. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, actually one of um, one of the things that we do at Dan, like so many of our customers have solar mm-hmm. and it's a huge motivator for them because they people who have solar want to be able to use their solar for as much as possible in their home. So um, we've partnered with solar companies to refer each other customers. We are interested when somebody gets geothermal, we would love for them to go solar because it's just, it cleans up their electricity usage even more. So yeah, exactly as you're saying, it's completely aligned. And so let's talk about Dandelion, the company. So you two years ago spun out of Google X. So maybe you could talk about like, what's that process like? You know, why isn't Google like, this is such an awesome idea and huge potential. Why isn't Google like owning all of it, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, You know, I think that one of the great things about X is because innovation is such a core value, of course, there's a lot of flexibility and freedom to sort of take the path for a project that seems to make the most sense. And in this case, because we knew that the task ahead of us was we wanted to validate this product in the market in upstate New York. Um, It's just so different as a problem set than anything else that Alphabet is involved with. Yeah, that we realized like this is actually sort of the perfect type of company to make into a startup because startups Mm -hmm. care about product market fit, figuring out, you know, like how do you sell this to customers? How do you get support from investors? How do you hire employees? Like it's like all the questions that a startup will be obsessed about um, are the the questions that you really need to be obsessed about to make geothermal into a mainstream product. And we would have the freedom to operate and not worry about, um, you know, obviously Google's brand is one of the best, most valuable brands in the world. It sort of gave us the space from our, the, the company of our origins to really be a startup and to figure out what worked without having to worry about um, just like what, you know, it's just hard to imagine what Google would do when it comes to home heating because it's just so different than anything Google does, if yeah. that makes sense. So Got we, it. Um, yeah, it was really just like a conversation that happened over time. And in the end, everyone was really excited about this path. And so it's the one that we ended up going down. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can't share this, but I'm super curious what the cap table looks like. Like, does Google retain a big ownership? Seems like this is kind of like your idea. Do you get, get a keep a significant equity yeah. ownership stake in Dandelion as well? Well, yeah, I, I can't go into the exact details, but I will say I'm very grateful to, to X because they are cultivating this community that they want to be very attractive to entrepreneurs and people with ideas. And so you know, that was really for in front for them as they were thinking, as we were thinking about just like, how do we craft a deal that will incentivize the company appropriately? So they do have ownership in our company and we own the IP that we developed there. So we treated the relationship like cool. one of a incubator and then mm-hmm. Google Ventures ended up leading our series A. So- um, Cool, really cool. Yeah, so like a year or two later, we are, um, we got more investment from from the an alphabet company. Really interesting, like structure. And so, when was the Series A round or your latest funding round? It was actually fairly recent. It was last February. 
And so can you give us any details on the traction of Dandelion, maybe active installations, revenue, or any numbers like that? Well, what I can say is that, you know, we launched our custom heat pumps of the Dandelion Air last June. And within six months, we had already exceeded a $10 million run rate for that product. So the adoption... just that product. Just that product in just a few counties in upstate New York. Wow. And really quickly, what are the gross margins? Because we're talking about like really big revenue, but I have a feeling like, what is this, like 20% gross margin, 25? It's higher. It's like, um, it's higher than that. I'll just say that. Um, It's something we pay attention to really carefully because we, we are growing this company... Um, sustainably. We want to be in a position where because it's an operational company, because quality matters so much when you're, you know, talking about heating and cooling somebody's home and because we're building what is a uniquely consumer-friendly brand when it comes to the home heating and cooling space, we're really focused on figuring out all of the process, all of the technology, all of the operations within a fairly limited geographic scope to begin because the market is so huge that we have the luxury of being able to do that. And then once we've dialed everything in, we'll be able to expand, you know, first throughout New York and then beyond New York and then throughout the country. So if you had one like moonshot partnership that you could sign like this home builder, do you have any ideas on the top of your head that you're like, man, if I could, this would just be like the perfect setup to yeah. buy? Well, it was, it's funny you ask because we actually got that opportunity. So in our series A, um, we were introduced to Lennar, who's the largest home builder oh, yeah. in the United States. Uh-huh. And they actually ended up being one of our investors. Wow. So we've That's gotten to That's a really have strategic the, Yeah. So we've gotten to have that conversation. You know, they're really interested in bringing innovation to the home. They see that the homes are headed in this direction. The, the recent legislation in California, like net zero homes will be mandated. That's just starting to happen. So they know that if they can figure out heating, um, that's just a huge advantage for them. So it's, it's a great partnership. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Because right now we um, focus mostly on retrofit. So existing yeah. homes, people who have existing systems. This is, of course, like an opportunity to start in a new market, which is new build. Could it almost be more advantageous if you have a bunch of homes that you know mm-hmm. are going to do this and like you ahead of time build like one I don't know, underground tube that connects to all their individual heat pumps? Like, is that more, would that make this whole technology more efficient? That itself would not, but um, you're thinking along the right lines because what you could do is, let's say Lennar was going to build, or any home builder was going to build 500 homes. And then we could just come in and drill 500 loops. Doing that is so much less expensive than doing one and then doing another and then doing another. Oh, yeah, I guess like the actual you know, drilling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so much of the cost of drilling this. I didn't know this before I got so, you know, so immersed in this industry. But so much of the cost of drilling is logistics. It's like getting the drill to the hole. Like actually the truck hiring yeah. the guy to like drive the, the truck. The guy yeah. has to drive. You have to bring the equipment. You have to set it up. Then you have to actually do the drilling, which is actually like a fairly minor piece of the of the experience. Then you have to clean up. Then you have to move it somewhere to store then you have to figure out the next job and if there's downtime on that equipment that equipment's really expensive so that's costing you so you know 
if you have a year's worth of holes to drill, it's just like a fraction of the cost um, of doing them one off. And so getting wow. that's one of the reasons that doing geothermal at scale, whether it be new home when where it's like the most elegant, right? Or even if it's retrofit, but you have enough holes to drill and enough homes to retrofit. It just has really significant implications for cost. Mm -hmm. And re really quickly, that bill you mentioned in California, could you describe what that is? And like, will that, well, is that causing incentives for your business? Like, are mm. you looking to set up there because of that? So just to be completely honest, since we're so focused on New York, I won't be able to speak that knowledgeably about the details of this bill in California. But what I understand is that California recently passed a bill mandating um, new homes to be net zero. So yeah. I think it's like definitely a boom really for exciting. solar. <laughs> and it's like not even, when, when you see legislation like that, it's not even just that bill, but just the idea that government's thinking about yeah. that and that this is a possibility and that people care enough for this to happen. Maybe it's not California, but maybe New York, I guess New York's ahead of the curve in that regard. But you know, that's the way I always look at it is like- Exactly. It signals like yeah, this is the signal. direction society is headed in. Exactly, yeah. So. Um, you know, we're we're not in California yet. It's obviously a giant market. We get a lot of interest from California. I love the state. I lived there for a very long time. So I would say it's not um, it's not impacting our decisions today. But I think it's one of many signals that the world is changing in a way that will make heat pumps more and more necessary. Like the time for this technology is is here. Got it. Yeah. And one of the this is like a random idea I wrote down because I'm trying to like bring my guests ideas of my own is refer a friend. I feel like Tesla's killed it with that. And like one of the huge pain points here is like educating people, it seems yes. like. So if you have a customer, like they're the best person to educate and they'll probably do that for free with, to a ton of people. Do you take that approach or how do you do you just go to door to door to market these systems or like how do you think about that? I think you're exactly right. The referral is, you know, it's hugely important. Because you're you're absolutely right that so many people have never heard of geothermal. They don't know that there is the opportunity to not be using diesel, right? And so just showing people that um, there's an option go like it gets you 70% of the way there, honestly. So um, we do housewarming parties, we call them, where if somebody has a system that's you know already that's already been installed inviting friends and neighbors over just so they can experience firsthand how comfortable, how quiet, how clean geothermal is. It's not, there's nothing like a firsthand experience. And then you can, the homeowner can just share, you know, very transparently, this is what it was like to get the system installed. Here's what my experience has been like. And that has been really successful for us. And even though, you know, we're We've, we haven't been selling these products for over, like it's still year one for us, but even in year one, we get a lot of our sales from referral. So I'm really excited about that. Wow. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. We haven't tried door to door. It's something that some of the solar companies have had success with. We haven't done it yet, but we're trying a lot of things just to get the word out to educate people about this option. Yeah, and so being an, uh, I'm, I'm curious, being an entrepreneur in this clean tech space, like how do you feel, um, because you're probably obviously really passionate about, you know, becoming more sustainable, reducing carbon output, all that kind of stuff. How do you, being in this space, are you more optimistic about this revolution taking place? Are you less optimistic or like, how is that? I'm just curious, or do you, what do you think about the revolution in general? 
I think being in this space has made me more optimistic. And the reason for that is, you know, let's just take take heating as an example because it's one that I, I happen to know more about than most. But um, the incentives are aligned. So it's like I know that geothermal is a more cost effective. It will save homeowners money. At the end of the day, like it is cheaper today than the alternative. I also know like it, it delivers a better experience. I also know the utilities really want it to happen and the government really wants it to happen. And so when you have so many forces aligned to change, even when it's a huge societal infrastructure change, there's just so much tailwind, right? It's It feels inevitable and we can see Um, the huge market response to the product, we can see change happening really rapidly. And it just gives me so much optimism. And I think like one reason that we've had, we've been able to move as quickly as we have is because we're leveraging a lot of the work of people who have come before us. So for example, the solar industry had to invent all these different finance products to make it cost effective for people to get solar. And because so many thousands of people in the solar industry did all of that work, we didn't have to invent very much when it came to financing for geothermal. Like literally our financing product is sort of a repurposed solar product that we're just using for this market. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, there's an opportunity for refinement and we'll we'll take that and run with it and customize it and make it better over time. But you can just kind of see that um, the renewables industry has been growing and there's just more talent and more ideas and more past work to leverage as we make more and more progress. Super exciting. Yeah, honestly, I'm inspired meeting an entrepreneur like yourself. The more I learned about the Dandelion story, the more I sort of bought into it because at first I was really skeptical about like, this is probably 100% reliant on tax taxes. Why isn't Tesla doing this? Or why I haven't heard of it before? Honestly, this tidbit of like utilities wanting to push for this too makes me think like, there's serious tailwinds of like the established players wanting yeah. to push for it. So, and I think what you're doing, like the consumer approach with like this cool looking product, is like the the right fit. So, re- really cool to hear it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I'm curious if you want to end saying anything like exciting coming up for Dandelion or any question for the Hyperchangers or anything like that. Um, a lot of exciting stuff coming up for Dandelion. I would say that again. I mean. We just partnered with Con Edison to launch this $5,000 incentive. National Grid, also in New York, has a $2,000 incentive. It's like there's more and more support for the product. So I I think my request um, for the audience would just be we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know sort of what your pain points are when it comes to heating and cooling. What what do you wish that we knew? Because we're just in immersed in product development innovation trying to figure out um you know like how do we transform this space we've we've only just begun so i'd love to hear all those ideas awesome thank you so much again for coming on thanks for having me